After what I promised will be a relatively short sermon, these young people have words for you. A reading from the Gospel according to Luke, the 10th chapter, beginning with the 25th verse. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, the lawyer asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him. And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, most of the time in the United States when we hear that parable of the Good Samaritan, we want to know which one are we. Are we the priest? Are we the Levite? Or are we the Samaritan? And then we are encouraged to be the Samaritan, right? To be the person who hates someone, who, excuse me, who helps someone who hates us. Because that lawyer, I promise you, would have hated that Samaritan. Because he was a half-breed. He wasn't a faithful Jew. They worshipped on the wrong mountain. They worshipped wrongly. They didn't do the things they were supposed to do. And he would have thought very lowly of that Samaritan. So Jesus presents this story to him to impact his own prejudices, to challenge him on it. That this Samaritan could be a person who could serve God by loving someone who was left on the side of the road to die. And that's not a bad reading of that text. And surely, if we were going to pick somebody to identify with out of those three, out of the priest, the professional religious guy who didn't want to get his hands dirty and just walk on by and ignore the poor dying man, or the Levite, the person like the lawyer who was an expert, who was a priest, who served God, but didn't want to get his hands dirty, so he ignored the man, or the man that they all thought was dirty anyway and helped the guy. 
Pick one of those. If you're going to pick one of those, always pick the Samaritan, right? Any agreement? That's who we want to be like. We have good Samaritan laws to protect people who do that kind of stuff. But do you know that in Tanzania, I get this from Mark Allen Powell, in Tanzania, they don't ask the question, should I be the priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan? They hear the story, and they realize that Jesus' point is that we're all the person in the ditch. Which one was a neighbor to Him? Which one was a neighbor to Him? Which one... Which one was he able to receive as a neighbor? Was it the one who hated him so much he just passed by? Was it the one who couldn't help him, who couldn't stoop down and help him out of a ditch? Was it the one who couldn't put salve on his wounds? Was that man a neighbor to him? No! He couldn't look at that man as a neighbor because that man cared nothing for him. The same way for the Levite. But the Samaritan, the Samaritan, he could look at as a neighbor. Because the Samaritan stopped what he was doing long enough to get in the ditch with him and lift him out of the ditch, put salve on his wounds, put him on his own animal, walk him to an inn, pay for him to be cared for, never ask him for anything in return, never ask him if he was the right color, the right sex, the right gender, the right whatever you want to say. Never ask him anything about himself other than recognize that he had been beaten half to death and needed help. Jesus said that man was a neighbor to the man in the ditch. Dear ones, we're all the people in the ditch, whether we want to believe it or not. We're all beaten half to death by sin. We're all beaten down by the liability of it. We're all owed death. But Jesus came to be a neighbor to us. And because of what He has done, we can receive Him as a neighbor. Mark Allen Powell says that in Tanzania, the biggest question is, can I receive that person as my neighbor? It's a totally different way of understanding the story. And I now believe it's the right way to understand the story. That we're supposed to recognize both sides. We're supposed to recognize that we should desire to be like the Samaritan who helped, even though that person in the ditch would likely have hated him. And we're also supposed to be like the man in the ditch and allow someone that we might not identify with to help us. To help us. One of our children told me a story about cleaning out drawers and that the woman they were helping clean out was a hoarder. You're going to hear some of that later, but I'm going to steal this story. Sorry, whichever one of you is going to use it. Um, handed her one of her bras and she said, oh, that's my prison bra. You can throw that away. Because she had been the person in the ditch. And it was hard for her to allow teenagers to come into that part of her life and help her. But she knew she had to. Likewise, Miss Leslie, who gave this to those campers, who sent it home with Bobby, because she led them in a time of tragedy when their site worker nearly died on the site. That woman gave this to them to remind them that it was hard for her to let them help her. She had to swallow her pride. Dear ones, our Lord wants us to swallow our pride and allow each other to help each other. He wants us to let go of the silly divisions that exist between us like race and whether or not we're a police officer.
Do you hear me, church? Our Lord wants us to let go of that foolishness. Willie Graham Braille gave this to me. Even though I'm a white man who has no idea what it's like to live the way he lives. Because I didn't think too much of myself to crawl under his house and sweat for him. And it's not because of me. Because I'm a good person. But but it's because I know what Christ did for me. That like Willie, I was once a man laying in a ditch that other people ignored. But Jesus didn't ignore me. It's time for the church to start to stop ignoring the people who are laying in the ditches. It's time for us to accept the responsibility to serve them. And it's time for us in the church to realize that it is our responsibility to allow each other to help us. To allow our brothers and sisters in Christ to be neighbors to us. The question Jesus asked is which one became a neighbor? We, became, we become neighbors to one another by helping one another and by receiving that help. The man who was a neighbor to the man in the ditch was the man who did mercy to him. This week, I admit that God used Willie Gambrell to do mercy to me. I admit that. And I needed it. I needed for somebody not like me to look at me with eyes of love and gratitude. And to go and find his Blind Boys of Alabama tape and play some of that gospel music I love while I worked under his house and tore up his kitchen floor, his dining room floor. And I admit I needed these children to go there with me. Excuse me. These awesome disciples. I needed you to go with me. To help me bear that burden. And I think we all needed that burden together, didn't we? To be sent into the ditch. To join Christ in the work that only Christ can do. Restoring dignity of life. Because dear ones, when your house is falling in around you and you don't know if you can keep your mother and parent father's home and you feel like there's no one who cares, there's very little dignity in life. Willie Gambrell, Susan Waters, Lenora Webb, Lori Leslie, Marie Hammond, Evelyn Spearman, Ruby McGee, Francis Dawson and Alfredo Martinez allowed us to be neighbors to them. And for that I give God thanks. One of our campers isn't able to be here today. And I use campers in a sense not that we would normally use it. Our our children were sent to a mission camp. They were sent by Jesus into the ditch. Do you hear me, church? They weren't sent there to have fun. 
Most of the time, they were too tired to have much fun other than laugh a little bit, right? They weren't sent there as a retreat. Jesus used you to send them into the ditch that other people were trapped in. To be loved and to love. Melissa Gibbons sends this report to you. Sorry I could not make it. I had a dance competition and had to go and left camp early for it. The site I was on was not my first choice or even my last. When I found out, I was incredibly upset. Being my second year, I wanted to do more than just paint someone's house and build a screen door. But once we got to her house, where the house was pitch black with towels hanging from every window, no air conditioning, no working water source, most of the rooms being unable to open because the doors were full of stuff, the smell of smoke so strong you had to take breaks and go outside, cockroaches and spiders everywhere, and a front door that hadn't been opened in 21 years since her mother and father passed away, since her mother and husband passed away. The work we did for her made her so happy. I actually fell in love with my sight and wouldn't have wanted any other. Although she complained about some of the work we did, and it came across ungrateful to my team, we still continued to spread God's Word and work for Him, which was our mission in the first place. Amanda. Mike, we'll need that microphone on. Hello. <laughs> my name is Amanda, and this is my first year. Um, I was on the... Leslie's site with Bobby. And we built a ramp for her, and she appreciated it very much because she couldn't get down her stairs. And she couldn't use her sink because it was milk. It looked like milk. And... I was really happy to work with her because she gave us so much pride and she gave us so much thanks. I could not want anyone else to help. And I think we all felt that way. The best part was when we gave her a quilt and she started bursting into tears. She opened up to us at the end and admitted things that she would never have admitted to us. This, this was my first year, and I was very glad y'all sent me there. Thank you. Um, well, this is my seventh year. You would think after seven years you run out of things to talk about. Um, 
it's it's hard not to say the same thing over and over and over again every year. Um, it's always amazing. But I can honestly say that um, I had the hardest time leaving Salkahatchee this year that I've ever had. Um, Amanda and I were on site together. Miss Lori rocked. She's a superstar. Um, but she has congestive heart failure, and that's why she couldn't get down her stairs. Um, she can hardly walk. Her legs are so swollen. Um, and she just kept telling us every day, I mean, starting Monday, she was just so thankful for everything we were there doing. Um, she would always call us in there and tell us stuff. She, she sent us home with cookies and brownies and cupcakes, and she sent us watermelons. She gave us an awesome shepherd's hook. Um, and we had an awesome team. We had a very challenging end of the week. Um, our site leader, David, he did have to go home. or He had to go to the emergency room. Um, he had a heat stroke. Um, that was terrifying. I was really proud of how everybody handled that. Um, and it was just, it was really scary being put in that leadership position. Being an adult really stinks. Uh, <laughs> but I was really, really proud of everybody. Um, but Ms. Lori, uh, she really worked in our hearts this week. She, um, she told us Friday morning, she gave us that. She told us that we were her shepherds and that we drew her closer to the Lord and that, um, that she was going to start going to church. She was going to make her way to the Methodist church because we were 45, minutes, or 45 seconds away from the church that we spent our week at, um, right around the corner for our site. She said she was going to start making her way there every Sunday. Um, and then fr- Friday after, well, Friday at lunchtime is when David had to leave. Um, so Friday, we were blessed to finish all of our stuff. He was our ramp man. Um, he helped us build that. Um, and... We were finished with pretty much everything before he left. But we still went back because we had a couple things to get done. We had to clean up and stuff after lunch. And we got ready to leave that afternoon. And, you know, we went in there. We went over to tell her bye and to pray with her one last time. And she sat there. And she would always tell us these crazy stories about her husband. And, I mean, she was crazy. She was a rebel when she was younger. She was, she was interesting. She was a character. I loved her. Um, but she was sitting there and she was telling us a story. And she said, in this song, talking about people singing and she said this song really really meant a lot and I think this should be your theme song for the week she took us in our house she had her tv paused on this one scene all day long we nobody realized it because it was just normal for her to do that she'd pause it and she'd go you know take a nap or whatever we didn't realize it she had this scene paused all day long and she goes in there she turns her tv like all the way up so loud and she presses play and it's Elton John singing lean on me and she starts singing, lean on me to us. And she's, she's just such a beautiful soul. And she told us how hard it was for her to let us into her home. And she doesn't realize it, but we, we were leaning on her so much more than she was leaning on us. I'm really sorry. Um, she, she was just such a beautiful woman. And she just... She had all of us in tears just like this <laughs> um, when she did that. And we realized that, you know, David said that she swallowed her pride. And, I mean, it says it in the song, swallow your pride. And she, she really did. And we really did. It was just, it was beautiful. Um, I've never had such a hard time telling my homeowner goodbye at the end of the week. Um, she, she even told us that day that if we were ever out and, 
needed somewhere to stay to come to her house. She had an extra bed, and she had three dogs and five cats, and she would pack cats around us because they like to cuddle and make us feel better. (laughs) Um, And it was just, she gave us so much more than we could have ever given her, and it was just such a blessing to be there with her and such a blessing to take all of these sweet young people with me and have to be old and <laughs> it was it was great and so thank you so so much um hi i'm sarah this was my first year just like amanda and um i was on site with kathy and caitlin and a few other people and that was it um Our homeowner was Susan Waters, and she was a hoarder. She was a really, really bad hoarder. And the first time she introduced herself, she just told us all of her problems. Like, she was really open, and she was just like, Hi, my name's Susan, and then she went on and on. And she, when we first started working, we worked on a site in Anderson, which was 30 minutes away from where we actually were supposed to be. So it was the farthest home that we've ever been, and um, we just, she, at first she didn't seem thankful, because she never thanked us for what we did in the the first few days, and at the end, she started crying, and she just said, she started praising God for us, and that was when it kind of hit me, like, we actually did do something good, and we didn't just... We, we weren't going unwanted, you know? And so I think I left Sakahatchee with more than I expected. And it was, it was great. It was a great experience. And I think if you're, like, scared to go or something, you shouldn't be because you'll, you'll make friends and you'll have a great time and you'll, you're, you'll learn a lot about yourself. So thank you. Hi, my name is Linda Rose, and I was on Miss Spearman's site. She wasn't able to be with us during the week because she has COPD and there was a lot of sawdust. And but her son came every day and brought us Gatorade and just sat and talked with us some. Um, we just she didn't have any air conditioning in her house, and she had been living with no air conditioning for all of the summer so far. And she is an older lady, and she was very sickly, and it was really hot. And her house was really, really small, and it was very tight. And her, she had two rotten floorboards, well, two rotten places in her house where we had to replace. And her ceiling was caving in, and we had to fix that. And her toilet wasn't properly put into place when it was first installed. So she said she was rocking back and forth when she used the bathroom. Um, So we had to get some new things to finish that. And my site really bonded well with each other because we weren't very close to our homeowner until the very end 
where when we gave her our quilt, she started crying and she she offered to make us ice cream, but we didn't have any time. We were on our tour, but she really wanted to make us some of her homemade ice cream. So um, she was really grateful and she started tearing up. So it was a very it was a new experience for me. It was my first year too, and it was a lot more fun than I would have expected. And I really want, can't wait to go back next year. Thank you. Hi, I'm Caitlin, and this is also my first year. Um, I had Miss Susan Waters as my homeowner. And she was a hoarder. It was terrible. But um, when I first went into her home, it was a lot to take in. The smell was disgusting, and there were bugs everywhere. But I was really glad that I was able to help her. And we put in a new floor, and we got her new furniture that was clean and didn't smell like cat pee. And um, we gave her a new toilet so that she could use the bathroom. And um, this week just meant a lot to me. Being able to help someone that couldn't do it themselves, it's, it's big. And it just really meant a lot. And I was extremely thankful that I was able to go into her home and help her. Thank you for that opportunity. Hey, um, I'm Shane. This is, well, third year. Should have been my fourth. But um, I worked on Miss Marie Hammond's house. She really didn't talk to us much because she liked to talk to herself. Um, She'd be walking around the house just talking to herself about everything we're doing. Um, We did a roof and fixed some leaks under her house. Um, It wasn't my hardest year, I don't think, but it was definitely a hard year because our house had one shade tree, and it was so hot this week that my shoes started melting to the plywood on the roof. And you could, the roof was so hot when we started putting shingles down that uh, you couldn't sit on it. And that was really hard. I don't know why. Probably because we had to bend over for like seven hours a day. Um, but she finally sat down and talked to us. And she was like really thankful because she has no car, no job. Um, she has a few people that come over. She lives next to her sister, which is... A surprise because she's 85, still drives, still gets around like she's 20. <laughs> um, but Thursday morning, she w- came up to us and she was like, hey, there's still a leak under my house. So me and my site leader, Dustin, we got up under her house and realized her hot water heater had holes rusted through it. So we cut that out, and when we were getting that out, we 
cracked a few pipes of that ran to it and that was like the only thing that really went wrong and it really it surprised me because every year I usually fall through a roof <laughs> um, but once that went wrong it was like everything went downhill until Thursday at lunchtime there was a huge storm coming and we all were on the roof fixing the last few things and we all looked and we just like oh man it's about to pour down and we're going to get soaked and we have nothing else to do and we just kind of sat there and Miss Hammond came out and started talking and next thing we know the, the storm took a turn and missed our house completely so we could finish and yeah so thank you Hi guys, I'm Kathy. Um, this was my first year. I had the water site with Caitlin and Sarah. Um, okay, hold on. Miss Waters was a very, she was a very awesome lady. Um, when we first walked into the house, there's only three things that we were really supposed to do, which was the electrical work, um, fix a back door, and I believe fix, what else was it? The bathroom floor. Um, it actually ended up being not three things, but like 30 things. Um, but we were happy to help her. She um, really needed our help. Um, she wasn't in the best of health. She was on oxygen. Um, she said she was diabetic. Um, she had a lot of medicine, like a lot of medicine. Um, but we ended up fixing her back steps that led to her back door. Um, we got all of her windows open. They were actually screwed shut for some reason. Um, we redid all the, we ripped up all the carpet and put new tile down. Um, what else did we do? Um, we built shelves in her storage building so that she could um, move all of her stuff out of the house into the storage building and actually have room to walk around the house. Um, Oh, yeah, she had three cats. We actually convinced her to get rid of all her cats because they were, weren't really good for her health. Um, and in the process, she actually got rid of a lot of stuff. It was very surprising. Um, she had a few meltdowns to where she didn't want to give up stuff, but she, wor she worked through it. It was pretty awesome. Um, but, yeah, it was a great experience. I learned a lot about people that I never really would have learned
Okay, I'm back. <laughs> um, just thank you for sending all of us. I think it changed a lot of things in our lives. I was on the Gambrell house, and when we got there, it was, boy, I tell you, it was a little overwhelming. I had a desire to work on the ramp house that Bobby was on, but because of my background as an architect, one of my clergy friends, Richard Reams, um, talked to me about being on that house with him because it was really going to take, take he and his wife doing roof stuff and he coming down and helping me with the floor stuff for us to really lead these kids and getting it done. The man's, his, his, leaf root, his roof leaked and it caused problems um, all around the house and the, the, beam, the band joist at his front door and his back door had completely broken through. I am still shocked that the walls were standing, that his exterior walls were standing. It was terrifying. Richard and I crawled under the house at first. Um, it's the first time I've ever heard Richard cuss. Um, we found a really large spider that just happened to pop up in our faces right when we were getting near where we needed to go to see how to fix the house. And then I joined him in saying bad words. And... <laughs> And then later on, one of the kids found a spider that could have eaten that one. Um, it was just really, um, and, and Mr. Willie, you know, we were going to go all mutual of Omaha, catch it and release it, but Mr. Willie gave that joker spider spray. And it, you know, the amazing thing about it wasn't the condition of his home, but his desire to keep his home. Um, the, the amazing thing about it wasn't the... Uh, I'm just amazed that he would let us into his home to help him. And just the depth of gratitude that I experienced and I think all of us experienced. And, um, it was truly overwhelming. And never seen young people work harder. And, you know, you heard them talk about doing hard things. I mean, when, when these people were in the house that they're talking about, the lady being a holder, they literally had a spot to work in that she could walk through when they started. There's a dumpster the size, a third of the size of one of these things of pews that is full now of stuff out of a trailer that's about the size of one of our rows of pews. It's amazing what she was having to live with because she couldn't do it herself. And she just gave up. Willie couldn't fix the things that were broken in his house himself, so he had given up. Shane's homeowner felt the same way. Every time it rained, you just wait out the inevitable that eventually the house will fall in around you. For five of those sites, or six for those sites, the young people that you sent into ministry were answers to their prayers. That's something that we can own, church. That's a work given to us by Christ. I saw kids work in conditions that a lot of adults wouldn't touch. Shane was shocked three times putting that water heater in. Most people would quit after the second one. <laughs> and the third one was the worst one. But he and the other young man who were under that house putting that water heater in had to drag it up under the house to put it in, refused to quit because they loved that woman. And she loved them. Our Lord has called us to love and be loved. Let's accept no less. Amen? Linda Rose, would you hand me that blanket? Kathy, would you follow me? I need Bob and Cindy.
Kathy Eller graduated this year. I'm in the midst of it all. I kind of got to thinking about it. I said, we don't have any graduates this year because it was kind of hard for you to think about you graduating. And it occurred to me, and somebody said, well, Kathy, didn't Kathy graduate? And I said, I better order a blanket. <laughs> so we got that here, and I'm kind of glad that it happened that way because we get to give you this today. And um, really watched Kathy become an even deeper part of us. She's already made that commitment to follow Christ with you. Um, but really got to watch her live into that this week and was so proud of her and the uh, nurturing that she did for for some of our youngers who look up to her and um, just really compelled. We are so happy for you. Uh, we're going to pray over this blanket. We're going to give it to you, and then we're going to pray for you. Sound good? Cindy and Bob, would you help me hold this? Eternal God, we ask you to pour out your Holy Spirit upon this gift, this blanket, that as Kathy uses it, she will be reminded of your great love for her through Christ and of our love for her. We ask you, Lord, to use it to comfort her when she feels sadness, when she feels alone, when she feels scared. We ask that it would be a symbol to her of your love and our love. In the name of Christ, amen.